solutions time. Introduction to solutions. Okay, here are the terms that we need to know. Number one, a solution is two or more pure substances in a homogeneous mixture. Hi, Smudge. So like water and a compound or water and an element. Solutions are uniform in composition, clear or transparent. A solute is a substance that dissolves, and solvent is the substance that does the dissolving. Think tea, smudge, stop. Think tea and tea leaves and water. Tea solution, solvent is water, cup, and solute is the leaves. Solutes can be solids, liquids, or gases, and they are of the lesser quantity of the solution, so it's not so saturated. If there was too much, then it would just be its original state and not a solution. Good God. Uh, a solvent is the substance into which the solute is dissolved. Uh, water is a universal solvent. Okay, let's go back to answering the question. An electrolyte is... Uh, ionic compound dissolved in water. Non-electrolytes do not. Uh, there are no charged particles in it. Dissociation is a term used to describe an ionic basis two solution that breaks up into its charged ions. So think about dissociation uh, as like they dissociate to their separate ions. It's not ionizing. Think ionizing is not ionic compounds. It's meant to basically freak you up. Ionizing is acids. Ionization is a breakup of acids into charged molecules. Acids are substances that turn blue lemon paper red, pH greater than uh, less than 7, and they conduct electricity because they ionize. Uh, strong or weak acids. Strong ionize completely, and weak ionize very little, but stay together. They still ionize a little bit, though. So above the H3O plus line in your data booklet would be strong acids, and below would be weak acids. So, like, if they're weak acid, they don't break up into H plus everything. Bases turn red litmus blue, pH less than greater than seven. They act electricity because they dissociate like ionic compounds, because they are an ionic compounds. Entities are substances found in solutions. So like any of these ones. For ionic compounds, you use the solubility to table to determine if it will dissociate. For acids, strong acids will weak ionize and weak acids will uh, partially ionize. Molecular compounds, polar substances will dissolve with polar substances. Polar like dissolves like water is polar. So, yeah. Bases. Just like ionic compounds, so you use the solubility table. Okay, now the relationship of concentration. Let's get into this. So molar concentration. Where did everything go? 
concentration. So, that's the wrong thing. It's got to be somewhere, right, guys? What the fuck? Whoa. There's no oh. Stop! Stop! You're seeing things, no, stop. It's okay. Settle down. Stop, Smudge! Smudgy, stop it. Okay. Molar concentration is the amount of solute in moles dissolved in one liter of solution. Got that? M amount of solute in moles dissolved in one liter of solution. That's why it's in moles per liter. C. Or you can put brackets around it to mean concentration. Formula C equals N over V. Um, very picky about sh units and showing work, so make sure to do that. Uh, you write your knowns and you undo unknowns, formula substitution, box your answer. Lowest amount of sig digs in the question. Leading zeros aren't significant, trailing ones are. Yep. Uh, concentration as a percent. Percent. So basically. For the percents, you've got to set it up. So if it's percent by volume, so it's a percent of the vol of volume over volume. Um, you do volume of solute over volume of solution times one hundred percent. So it's basically the thing that you're trying to figure out how much of it is over the th the thing that you're trying to figure out the thing the total thing, and then you multiply it by a hundred. So it's solute over solution times 100 or just do it as a cross multiply where you find your unknown so five percent way over volume would mean you have five milliliters solute in 100 milliliters solution you know how it is parts per million is a milligram per liter or milligram per kilogram so just remember parts per million milligram per liter or milligram per kilogram Milligram per liter or milligram per kilogram. That's a part per million. Milligram per liter or milligram per kilogram. 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 Okay. Yeah, so it's like cross-multiplying. Solubility, the amount of concentration that can be attained by a solution. Saturated means the maximum amount of concentration a solution can have. Solubility can vary dependent on temperature or pressure. So this graph goes up equals down up. Up equals down up. And that's going from left, right, bottom, left, bottom, right. 
And the variables on the left columns from top to bottom is solids and gases, and on the right columns from left to right, I mean the top columns from left to right, is temperature and pressure. More temperature and more pressure, to be exact. So, as temperature increases for solids, the solubility increases. So it's a same relationship. Uh, additional solute will stay dissolved, supersaturated, as long as temperature remains high. When it decreases, that solute will precipitate out. Gases. As temperature increases, gases become less soluble. So think about, for your solids, think about tea leaves. For your gases, think about pop and how pop is carbonated at a cold temperature. For solids and pressure, they're unaffected. For gases and pressure, as pressure increases, gases become more soluble. So think of again about a pop can. If you leave it out on the counter uh, and don't have a cap on it, it'll become flat. The carbon dioxide will diffuse out. If you if it warms up, it'll also become flat. Whereas it tastes better, freshly opened and cold. Next. Liquids and solubility. We don't use terms of soluble for liquids. We use immiscible and totally miscible. So it's either immiscible or it's totally miscible. Immiscible are liquids that... Oh, Smudge looks so cute. I wanted to take a picture of her. Hello. Hi, Smudge. Smile. Look at me. Clear. Smudge. Smudge. Smudge, good girl. Hi. Good girl. Anyway, I'm done with that. Totally miscible. So, immiscible are liquids that cannot dissolve in another substance, like oil and water, because of polarity. Or totally miscible, and a liquid that'll dissolve in another in any amount. There's no max concentration. So there's no in-between. They either can't or they totally can. Alcohols will dissolve into any amount of water. Okay. And next is dilution. You're okay. Hey. No Im- Next is dilution. So dilution is the process of decreasing solution uh, concentration. Sorry, of a solution by adding more solvent. Too much sugar in your tea? Add more water. Too much chocolate sauce in your ice cream? Add more ice cream. The formula for diluting is C1V1 equals CFVF, and you just isolate that formula. So it's like initial, initial, final, final. Uh, make sure to read the question properly. Yep. Yeah, that's all, pretty much. Make sure to remember the initial concentration formula because you can't just do uh, it logically with cross-multiplying. 
unfortunately. As much as it makes sense to everyone in everyone's heads. Hi, Schmitz. Hi. She's so pretty. She's leaning the other way now. You can't do it, which sucks. But next. Oh, we missed solution properties. Where would that be? This looks like it's over here. It was like way over here somewhere. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I saw it. Oh, here it is. Solution property. I think this is it. So conductivity. Electrolytes will conduct electricity. So ionic compounds and acids. Okay, electrolytes include acids. So stronger the acid, the higher the conductivity. pH or POH is a value assignment to determine how much H plus um, or OH negative there are. How much parts of hydrogen or hydronium? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, then solution color. Data booklet page 11. Flame test. Data booklet page 6. Ion concentration. So to find the ion concentration, like dissociating an ionic compound, substances will dissociate into proportional ions. Ion concentrations will be reflective of their proportions in solutions. So, <coughs> okay, that wasn't too bad of a sneeze. Okay. So, 20, 0 0.20 moles per liter of sodium phosphate dissociating. You try to find the concentration of the ions because it's a one-to-one -one ratio. So in this, it's always a one-to-one -one ratio. So you're going to write the dissociation equation balanced and then write the ion concentrations of everything like like, if it's 3.2 moles per liter of strontium nitrate, that means that I don't know. I don't get it. I think you just multiply. Oh. get it. I think I'll have to review ion concentrations really quick. Let's just go to topic six. Topic five, sorry. Topic five, topic five, topic five. Topic, where's topic five? It's just not here. It goes from four, oh, there's five. Okay, let's go through it just real quick. Um, okay, okay. Okay, recall, 
Dissociation is the breaking up of substance into ions. Ionic compounds do this only. And bases, because those are ionic compounds. Ionization, the breaking of a molecular substance into charged molecules. Acids do this only. Finding ion concentration. They dissociate proportionally. Okay, this doesn't actually teach me anything. That's great. Substances will dissociate into proportional ions. Ion concentrations will be reflective of their proportional solutions. Okay. I think you just it doesn't make sense to me why it works like this but like if for example you have 0.20 moles per liter of sodium phosphate that's dissociating and it dissociates into three Na plus because you got to balance it obviously and phosphate so PO4 three minus and there's three of the Na plus so you do you write it now, write the ionic uh, concentrations. You do 0 0.20 moles per liter. And then you do 3 times 0 0.20 moles per liter for the Na+. And then just 0 0.20 moles per liter for the PO4 3 minus. Because it's a 1 to 1 ratio. I don't exactly get this. Oh, well, this is concentration, not amount. So their concentration, yeah, will stay the same. That makes sense, actually, because they're going to stay the same amount of concentration. Just as there's more of the thing, then there's going to be more concentration. So you just, okay, that makes sense now. You just write the, you just multiply the concentration of the ionic concentration of the ionic compound by the amount of that ion that that ion exists there uh, yeah ionization this is acids only uh main qualifier is the h plus ion and it wants to pop off so So, main qualifier of acids is the H plus ion. So, sulfuric acid ionizes H2SO4 aqueous. Now you know what's going to be the conjugate base because you pull off the positive hydronium. Now there's leftover uh, what is a negative conjugate base of HSO4. Monoprotic acids have one hydrogen to give off or react 
So HNO3, aqueous polyprotic acids, have two hydrogens to give off. So like H2SO4. Okay, so, so we, we're going to always ionize it. Even if it's partial ionization. That was that sound. Alexa, make an announcement. Alexa, announce. Charlotte, was that you? Yeah? Yeah, I am. To Christina's. What? Uh, when I'm done reviewing my chemistry. I just got my other AirPods. There's that. These that's positive. She didn't find tires. That's good. Alright, let's just continue. So, like this one is usually the balanced equation. Everything has only one of them. So. All coefficients are one to one. Yeah, anyway. How is cell solutions apart? If you don't get this by now. On a compound, cation plus cation plus ion ion combo, neutral pH, conducts electricity. Acids, H plus ion, pH lesser than 7, connects electricity, the stronger it is. Bases, OH minus ion, pH of greater than 7, conducts electricity. Okay, done that lesson of review. Now, let's jump back into it. Topic 6, solution prep. Solution rep, solution, solution, rep, solution, solution, rep. Well, I'm just trying to find, uh, how many more topics are there? 11, that's all. Okay, that's all. Boom, 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 Okay. Solution prep. Steps from preparing for um, a solid. Okay. Steps for solution prep for preparing from a solid. You. Oh my god. No, I'm not doing those steps. Oh my god. You use a volumetric flask. Prepare for another solution. No, I'm not doing that. I don't care. <laughs> oh my god, do I really have to know the glassware required? 
for solid glass electronic beaker weighing boat clean beaker stir rod volumetric frag harry potter measuring cup and a stopper preparing from another solution or dilution you need glassware of two clean beakers uh one for solution prepping one for original you need a pipe bed a pipe bed bulb volumetric flask and a stopper now we have these two formulas of n equals m over m and n equals cv now we can combine them so we can use them when doing both methods in one step so m over m is cv is equal to cv there's also um so yeah you isolate that from however if it's a dilution question though you use c1v1 equals cfbf properties of acids and bases acid aka arrhenius acids there so substances that Ionize in aqueous solutions to turn H plus ions strong or weak because strong partially fully ions and weak partially. Arrhenius bases are substances that dissociate in aqueous solution. How is it possible that hydrogen is so tiny and very likely to bond to other substances? I.e. water it can exist on its own as an ion. It makes a hydronium ion. Huh? Hydrogen proton which exists in an aqueous solution. So hydro hydrogen ion and water makes hydronium H3O plus. It's believed that the hydronium ion is indeed factor responsible for the acidic properties of a solution, whereas hydronium hydroxide ions are responsible for basic properties. So it's actually H3O plus versus OH minus. So, yeah. Calculating pH, pH and pOH. So the formula, this is for pH, negative log uh, times the cons negative log and then the H3O plus hydronium ion concentration equals the pH. And then 10 to the power of negative the pH value is the hydronium ion concentration. H3O plus is a concentration of hydronium ion, which is in moles per liter. Now, for pH, the only significant digits where we count it... Wait, what? Only significant digits on pH are um, after the decimal place, and we always round to two, so it's just two after the decimal place, or like any amount. This isn't the question, I think. Like any amount we can, but I think the max is two. No, it's like I don't know, but only the ones that come after the point are significant. For pOH, the degrees to which a substance is basic, uh, the formula is negative log uh, hydroxide ion con uh, concentration is pOH, and 10 to the power of negative pOH is hydroxide ion concentration. pOH has no units.
Okay. Relationship between pH and pOH is pOH plus pH equals 14. So that's pretty easy, but remember to hit enter on your to the power of calculations, or they just aren't right. What is significant for the pH is after the decimal place. So those are the only ones that are significant. That's just all you got to remember. Okay, I think the next one is... Solution prep and pH and pOH. So to calculate pH or pOH, you must... To calculate pH, you must have H3O+. To calculate pOH, you must have OH-. for the pH of a solution, you always must write the equation associated with it, or you could lose marks. Hydronium ion is a hydrogen. So write the solution first, or you could lose marks. I don't think I've been doing that. So like HCO equals dissociates. You do HCO plus H2O, which ionizes to be H3O plus and CO minus. You do the M, equal, M over M equals CO over V from solution prep. Uh, you find the concentration of the HCL. And this one ionizes into one to one ratio. So the concentration of the HCL is the concentration of the HCO plus, H3O plus. Now the pH is negative log times that concentration. And that gives us our final number. Now for, uh, yeah, continue doing that. That's pretty simple. For bases that dissociate, sometimes things can exist in multiple things. Sometimes things aren't a one-to-one -one ratio. So then you'll have to multiply by however many there are. It's like... Write the dissociation equation, then you write your knowns and unknowns, go from molar concentration or concentration to your hydrogen ion concentration, and then from OH to POH, and then from POH to pH by using that 14 ratio, and then you should be good. Okay, now we're into stuff I either missed or what? Yeah, 10 and 11, I missed these two. Are you kidding me? Examples that we went over for indicators in class. Are you kidding me? Kill yourself. I wasn't there. Oh, indicators well that indicate color change equals cool. Did I get this one? Was I here for this lesson? Seems like I was. Nope. I only got a new unit. I don't think I got anything else. Okay, well, L, bozo. Indicators, just kidding. Indicators. Well, they indicate color change. Go burr. For example, a substance has a pH of four. What color would it be? So you use page ten of your data booklet, like 
Methyl orange is orange. Phenolphthalein is colorless. And for bromosyl green, it would be green. Anything between is the mix of colors. Unless it actually is. Like, so it's gonna, the range that's going to give is going to be between X and Y. So unless it's X or less or Y or greater, we write X and Y. So whatever the two colors. So if it's orange and red. Sorry, yellow and red. So if it's a between yellow and red. So if it's like it goes yellow to red and the numbers are like three and seven. Unless it's three or less or seven or bigger, we write red plus orange, which oh, red plus yellow, which is orange. In lab, we'd want to make the color as specific as possible, but we don't know. So basically, you go through. Like, it's like a little little puzzle. I like these ones. You have your indicator, your color, and your range. And you'd write it in your pH range column. You'd write like, okay, so this means that it's got to be 10. So if it says it means that it's got to be 10.1 or lower, you can draw it as number lines or anything. Um, but you'd write lesser than or, or sorry, lesser than or equal to 10.1. And then if methyl red means that it's six or greater, now you've got a modified one, which means that it's six greater than or equal to the pH. I mean, lesser than or is lesser than or equal to the pH, which is lesser than or equal to 10.1. You know, bromo blue, if it is blue, that means it's 7.6 or greater. You continue with seven, you modified one that's even smaller. And then if the other one gives you more, then you write your final pH. And, uh, and if it's, if it's a range, like not a or lower thing, like if it's not on the ends of the range, that means that you've got to write that it can't be equal to that. That doesn't mean it's equal to that. You gotta write it like that. Okay, so that's all of indicators, pretty much. Uh, next up is the topic that I did miss. Topic eleven: explaining acids and bases. Let's go through it. How long is this? It's pretty fucking long. Do you remember? Arrhenius' definition of acids. A substance that forms an acidic solution by dissolving in water to produce free hydrogen ions, H plus aqueous in solution. Example, HCl results in H plus and Cl minus. Arrhenius' definition of a basis. A substance that forms a basic solution by dissolving in water to produce free hydroxide ions, OH minus, in a solution. Example, NaOH Result in Na plus and OH minus. What was the problem? Arrhenius did not know that a hydrogen is better described as a hydronium ion. Hydrogen ion dissolves in a water molecule. So easy to predict is HCl aqueous results in H plus and Cl minus acid. What about NaHCO3 or CO2 acid or base? Arrhenius' original definition of an acid and base proved to work only with a few acids. It never worked with a variety of polyatomic ions. Atoms. 
Arrhenius's acids and bases needs to take into account how it, how it reacts and behaves in a water environment. Now, this is the modified definition of an acid, a species that forms an acidic solution by reacting with water to produce hydronium ions, HCl plus aqueous. So, for example, HCl plus H2O aqueous results in H3O plus plus Cl aqueous minus aqueous modified definition of a base a species that forms a basic solution by reacting with water to produce hydroxide ions oh minus there is no need to show the reaction with water because hydroxide ions already are present in cahoh2o2 so simple dissociation produces the hydroxide ions. so basically if it's already got hydroxide ions you just need a simple dissociation now but for nh3 aqueous a base and h2o aqueous uh the modified definition reaction with water is necessary here to explain how hydroxide ions form a solution because it's nh4 plus and oh minus like there's no already existing oh minus the key is that the h plus ion makes it happen we need to look at which molecules contain hydrogen ions in order to produce the hydronium ions so nahso results in na plus and hso Four. So you need to look at what molecules HSO minus plus H2O results in H3O plus NSO4 two minus. New definitions of acid and bases. So acid is now a substance that will react with water to produce H3O plus ions. Bases are substances that will react with water to produce OH minus ions. So for example, carbon dioxide is major air pollutant from the combustion of fossil fuels. Suggest so a possible chemical reaction that explains the acidity of a carbon dioxide solution. So CO2G plus H2O L equals H2CO3 aqueous. Now we do that again. H2CO3 aqueous plus H2O L results in H3O plus aqueous and HCO3 minus aqueous. Sodium carbonate tends to produce a pH of 10. Suggest a possible reason for this using relevant equations. So you're going to go Na2CO3 aqueous results in Na plus aqueous and CO3 2 minus aqueous. Now CO3 2 minus aqueous plus H2OL results in OH minus aqueous and HCO3 minus aqueous. So you kind of got to do it twice, I think. Neutralization reactions. This is grade 9 science. I didn't know this, so bullshit on that. Acid plus base results in water and a salt. Reaction between hydronium and hydroxide ions will produce water. Maybe it was COVID in this time. So that's cool. Yo. Monoprotic acid. Monoprotic acid. One acidic hydrogen atom in their compound formula can react only once with water to produce hydronium ion, so like HCl. Polyprotic acids are acids that contain more than one acidic hydrogen in their formula and can react more than once with water, so H2OSO4. So like H3PO4 is going to react with H2O and H3O+, and then we have H3O+, and H2PO4, but it still has another one, so you do it again. H2PO4 aqueous plus water. Um... I don't know why there's a greater than 50% in the top and then a greater than le one, less than 1% in the bottom and then a around 0% in the very bottom. I think it's like how much hydrogen's left in the thing. So less than half of it is left at the beginning. 
Then less than 1% of it is left after that. Then about 0%. <laughs> I don't know what that math came from, but it's fine. So it's just got to react multiple times. HPO, like, so it goes H2PO4. Let's restart it. Sorry. H3PO4 aqueous plus H2OL, and the number above is less than 30%, results in H3O plus aqueous and H2PO4 minus aqueous. So we still got two in there. H2PO4 aqueous plus H2OL, uh, now the number is less than 1%, result in H3O plus aqueous and HPO4 2 minus aqueous. Now HPO4 2 plus 2 minus aqueous and H2OL, about 0% result in H3O plus aqueous and PO4 through minus aqueous. Monoprotic bases, meaning they can't react with water, they can react with water only once to produce hydroxide ions, so like CH3COO. Polyprotic bases, they can react more than once with water. So like CO2, CO3, 2 minus NH2OL, and then it's OH minus NHCO plus, but we CO3, we still got another H, OH possible in there. So you can do it again. HCO3 plus H2OL result in OH minus and H2CO3. I don't know why CH3COO can't do it. I want to ask. So, that's all. A homework is to read page, oh, read a bunch of pages. 248 to 250 and 251. I don't want to do that. But, yeah. I'm going to head over to Caesar's house. That was 40 minutes of review. Good job, Claire.